Coming up on HIGMT, I say goodbye to a close member of our family, preliminary giga casting results, and Model 3 purchasers might want to wait a little while before taking ownership. Welcome to How I Got My Tesla, the podcast of indeterminate length for Saturday, September 12th, 2020, episode 7 in Ottawa, Ontario. I'm Matt Wilson. Well, listeners to the podcast could probably remember my escapades from last week going to the hospital on uh, on Saturday night, but uh, this past Friday I ended up going back to the hospital, but a different type of hospital. I went to the vet with our cat Theta. Um, he's 13 years old and um, he's been struggling, uh, losing a lot of weight and just having um, gastro intestinal issues for a while and uh, it just got to a point where I needed to go uh, take him to the vet so I said um, I called around and everyone's very uh, pretty much booked up and I wasn't able to get an appointment with their usual vet but I ended up uh, dropping him off over at uh, at the emergency one of the emergency care uh, vets here in town and um, little did I know that that would probably be the last time I saw him <laughs> Um, I had to drop them off in the afternoon and, uh, they were really busy and really backed up and didn't get a call until I think it was 10 or 11 o'clock at night. And, um, there was a lot of discussions of what we were going to have to do. And it, the end result was, is that, uh, whatever it is that we ended up doing, however much money we spent, um, it probably wasn't going to prolong, uh, Theta's life for very much further. So. So anyways, so yeah, we ended up, uh, making the call and, uh, he's all no longer with us. He's, uh,
Yeah. So our house is a little quieter. Just a little bit more empty. It's strange, too, because um, I've always had cats uh, for the last 22 years. And um, there is always some some overlap between cats. Uh, so this is the first time in about 22 years where I actually don't have a cat to look after. And uh, the house is definitely uh, a little bit different. Um, like I said, it's a little bit quieter. Um Certain uh, certain sounds that you come accustomed uh, accustomed to hearing, like opening up cans and and even uh, arriving home. You know, there's uh, I always hear the thump thump of Theta uh, plopping himself down uh, from the couch uh, and meeting me up at the door, uh, looking for food. He was always uh, he seemed to be always hungry or looking for food, but uh, no, he was. Um, He's a very patient cat. <sighs> All right. So on that note, <laughs> uh, Let's start off with a few Tesla things you should know. Here's another great example of established industries pivoting towards an all-electric solution. TeslaRadio.com has a lengthy story on how the police department in Westport, Connecticut has been using a Tesla Model 3 since January 2020. The story also includes a 48-minute interview from Now You Know with the police chief where they discuss procurement fit-up and operation of the Model 3 to a fully-fledged police cruiser. The overall performance of the Model 3 is one of the reasons for the program's success. In addition to performance, the 5-star safety rating and range offered by the Model 3 are also contributors. Have you ever done an internet search for something oddly specific, say, oh, I don't know, wooden ducks, and afterwards you get a month-long advertising blitz for all things related to wooden ducks? Well, that's how I feel about vinyl wraps these days. Seems as though word got out last month that I reported on... Uh, Tesla China offering official Model 3 wrapping, and week after week there is news about wraps of some sort. Now, I'm not really complaining, I'm just saying it's something that I'm noticing. InsideEVs.com has some more information coming out of Tesla China, most notably a hint that maybe a wrap would be substitute for paint. Since vehicle wrapping could cost anywhere between $4,000 and $10,000 by a third-party provider, I'm pretty sure that my future Tesla, whichever it'll be, will be one of the stock five colors, unless there is significant savings over paint. I wonder if the base color has an adverse effect on the end color of the vinyl wrap. According to CarAndDriver.com, the Tesla Model 3 is enjoying something that the rest of the car industry wishes that they had, and that's an astounding rate of depreciation. Off-lease new sedans depreciate 79% and trucks depreciate 74% and electric vehicles depreciate around 52%. An off-lease Model 3 depreciates only 10% after three years. That's because of demand for the Model 3 in addition to the battery technology, range, and constant updates keep the overall value of the Model 3 very high compared to its counterparts in the EV space. 
With no cost specified in the TorqueNews.com story, it would appear that Tesla is looking to ramp up efforts to swap and recycle battery packs in their vehicles. At Gigafactory Nevada, Tesla is attempting to recover lithium, cobalt, and copper currently contained in battery packs for future use in new battery packs or for other uses in other Tesla-related products. Gigafactory Shanghai noted on their website that recycling is currently underway in order to avoid environmental pollution. A 5,500-kilometer or 3,400-mile trip starting at Shenzhen, China and ending at the base camp of Mount Everest went out without a hitch. The driver was able to make this incredible trip by staying in hotels along the way, hotels that offered overnight electric vehicle charging. By charging overnight, the driver was able to make the trip without any range anxiety during the day. This speaks well to the proliferation of EV charging even in the remotest of areas. More links to his trip can be found by following the teslarati.com link in the show notes below. YouTuber Bearded Tesla Guy has a video in which he describes the first 10,000 miles driving his new Model Y. You can check out his video where he also discusses the cost of ownership and some of the lessons that he learned along the way, such as tire wear and interior wear and tear. He also talks about repairs and whether or not all repairs need to be addressed, or maybe there is something that you can actually live with. Finally, he talks about the added features brought forward by Tesla by their over-the-air update. So check out the InsideEVs.com link below. Tesla drivers can now rejoice. Thanks to an over-the-air update, Tesla's autopilot can now use the car's cameras to detect speed limit signs, whereas before, Tesla was relying on GPS data to detect speed limits. Now, this feature is not new to the automotive industry. Even my 2019 Mazda CX-5 has been able to detect local speed limit signs and display them on the heads-up display. This is a great feature when you find yourself driving around with a sinking feeling that you are driving just a little bit faster than everybody else on the road. CarBuzz.com goes a little bit further into the latest update going over other improvements such as chime alerts for green lights and an updated visualization and other autopilot improvements. Reuters.com has a great story regarding Tesla's future movement away from robots and towards large casting machines. Tesla is currently looking to simplify the manufacturing of bodies and large components for their vehicles. By switching to aluminum castings, Tesla is hoping to increase production of their vehicles starting this year in Germany, where eight casting machines will be introduced. Improving overall fit and finish of vehicles and reducing park counts are also hoped to be a benefit. And if you're interested to see what the initial casting results look like, check out the links provided by Tesserati.com and Inside EVs. Drone footage provided by YouTube channel Gabinical has a recent flight over Project Runner and the recently installed Gigapress at Fremont. Towards the end of the video, there appears to be a sampling of castings of the rear underbody for a Model 3 or a Model Y. More information regarding Project Roadrunner should be made public during Tesla's battery day on September 22nd. And Tesserati.com also has a great story from China where it would appear that the Model 3 hardware improvements might be on the way. These improvements include a powered liftgate and trunk, factory chrome delete and octovalve for the Model Y and a whole host of other goodies. Although Tesla likes to flex its cross-platform muscles indicating that the Model Y carries 75% of the same parts count as a Model 3, Sandy Monroe's recent Model Y teardown showed that the shared parts catalog are probably close to around 50%. By trickling down the same parts from the Model Y to the Model 3, maybe Tesla will be able to get closer to the 75 shared parts claim. 
And finally, uh, an update for Gigafactory Texas. There seems to be a lot of activity on site picking up where last week left off after a recent rain delay. There is continued site preparation, pretty much the same over the past month with scraping, leveling, compaction. A large majority of the site is now level and drill rigs have been set up to excavate for geopier installations. For those who are unfamiliar with that, that geopiers are essentially drilling a cavity to a predetermined depth, then filling the cavity with granular material, compacting in shallow lifts. The general footprint for the building can be seen now by witnessing the edges of the granular megapad. So that should pretty much do it for episode 7. Hashtag for this, if you get to the end, let's say hashtag thanks theta, T-H-E-T-A. And uh, the overall hashtag for this podcast is H-I-G-M-T. And if you have any feedback for me, feel free to throw me an email at howigotmytesla at gmail.com. And you can always watch my progress towards a Tesla by visiting howigotmytesla.com. You can also follow me on Twitter and Instagram by simply searching for How I Got My Tesla. Thank you for listening. This podcast is produced by Matt Wilson and hosted by Squarespace. Music for this episode is Cascade by Cubby. Cubby.